to another edition of the Iron Security Podcast. My name is Luke McNamara. I'm a principal analyst here at Mandiant Threat Intelligence. Joining me today to discuss best practices around collaboration platforms and their usage is Marcus Toriano, Managing Consultant at Mandiant Consulting. Good morning, Marcus. Morning, Luke. How are you? Doing well. So as we're uh, in the kind of uh, midst of COVID-19, uh, and a lot of organizations are now dealing with, in many cases, newly remote workforces, and in some cases, using collaboration platforms they've not uh, dealt with before, what are some best practices that they should be thinking about? And maybe we'll just start here at a high level uh, around the implementation of those platforms. Sounds great. So so just before we get into it, I wanted to kind of frame it a little bit by defining what we mean by collaboration platforms. So really looking at both platforms that allow for you know organizations to to chat, to collaborate, you know, uh, video conferences, audio conferences, file sharing, right? So there's several different vendors that provide these solutions. We won't go into any uh, specific vendor solutions in this chat, but I wanted to highlight that first and also talk about uh, a little bit, um, you know, some of the challenges, right? And some of the solutions they can come come up with. So like you mentioned, you know, with this remote work uh, situation we have right now, uh, many organizations have rushed into this. Uh, most organizations had some level of remote work collaborations and you know teams that were on uh, certain platforms in the past, but in the past few weeks they have rolled these out uh, to their entire workforces in most cases, and in, in many cases you know this has been done without in-depth planning and and configuration, right? So there's a lot of considerations that maybe weren't put in place. So I want to share some tips and considerations that should be uh, looked at going forward. Yeah, so if you look at, you know, a little bit about what we're hearing in the news as well, you know, the increased usage of these platforms has really brought them into focus for attackers and researchers. And this has led to multiple vulnerabilities emerging. And, you know, the poor configuration I mentioned previously, as well as this increased attention, has led to these vulnerabilities that need to be managed more effectively, which brings to focus, you know, the need for a strong threat intelligence function within organizations so they can keep on top of this and really mitigate those threats properly. At a high level, some of the key mitigations we need to consider, and again, we'll go in more depth in a second, is really making sure that you integrate access with these platforms with your centralized identity access solution, whether that's your Active Directory, your SSO platform, making sure you have multi-factor as well, really critical. I think one consideration, too, that a lot of organizations are dealing with is questions around EYOD policies. So particularly with their workforces working remote, Maybe in some cases, having issues accessing some of these platforms on one device, dealing with tech issues, not having, you know, being able to go down to the, the tech support office. Those are a whole new set of, of challenges that they're having to deal with. What are some things around BYOD that should be considered when we're talking about collaboration platforms? Great point, Luke. Um, I would say that uh, it's important for the organization to really define what you, you know, first of all, what platforms they can access these platforms through. So for example, if it's on their corporate laptops, that's one thing. But if you are letting users log into collaboration platforms, through cell phones or through unmanaged laptops or devices, which in many cases has become a reality given some of the things you highlighted, then you need to make sure you have the right policies around what users can share. You don't want to have a situation where users can be uploading or sharing files if they're on personal devices as then you know, those are not managed with the same level of security and could lead to accidental data leakage. So moving beyond the, the kind of high level policies that are in place. So let's say that as an organization, you've established those, you have the, the platforms chosen that you're going to use for collaboration. Let's move into talking about the actual meetings themselves. 
So obviously when you're dealing with virtual meetings, there's a lot of different sort of decorum and, and a lot of workforces are getting kind of used to dealing with that as opposed to face-to-face communications. Maybe talk a little bit about uh, some of those things that are important for organizations to keep in mind from a security standpoint when you're engaging um, and using those virtual meetings, both internally, but then even also dealing with outside customers and other partners. Absolutely. So if you look at, you know, let's say whether it's an audio or video conference, when you actually set this up, and most platforms allow you to do this, I would say actually all platforms that are enterprise level would allow you to do this. Really critical to enable a virtual lobby or password protect the meeting. So what this means is essentially ensuring that outside participants from another organization, from let's say your clients or customers, need to either have a password to join the meeting or they do join, they get admitted to what we call a virtual lobby, where the meeting host will be required to manually admit them. Uh, this allows for more control of you know, who's actually in the meeting so that a stranger or an outsider can't join, get access to confidential information through that meeting. Another important control would be, uh, this is more of like a you know, process, but to really review all attendees uh, before you kick off the meeting. Many organizations already do this, but just ensuring that you know who's on the meeting if, if users are dialing in, ensure that uh, they identify themselves uh, so that you know then with that phone number who's connected to it. And another key thing is to ensure you have entry and exit tones for when users connect and disconnect. And to ensure that uh, no one's joining midway, often best practice for more sensitive meetings to lock the meeting once it's started. So once you have all your key attendees, ensure that you actually lock the meeting and then no other attendees can join. Uh, that will definitely help out. And this will certainly be somewhat uh, dependent based on the platform that you're utilizing, but maybe talk to some of the OPSEC policies or best practices that should be put in place when you're sharing content across these platforms. Yeah, for sure. So this is definitely something that we come across uh, very often and new users to these platforms, it can be confusing, but you know, there's usually an option to share a specific application or a screen, right? And if users do share a screen, uh, notifications from other programs, if they're not integrated properly, can definitely be shown inadvertently. So if you're working on, let's say, a confidential file from a customer organization and you have a, a meeting with an outside firm, you don't want to be sharing your screen with those, uh, those other files, right? So ensuring that you are only sharing the document you want to be sharing or the screen you want to be sharing turning off notifications in your email app, in your messaging app to ensure that you can't see what's happening. Those are all critical and, and very important. You know, a lot of organizations have done this already, something that we definitely do in our consulting engagements. But again, for those organizations that are just now easing into this new reality, these are things that need to get uh, comfortable with. So, so definitely some, some awareness and training uh, would be required. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is just when you are recording a meeting to ensure that you know, all users know that the meetings being recorded and that the recording itself is properly secured. I've had some incidents in recent uh, weeks where some platforms, you know, meeting recordings could be accessed publicly, just ensuring you have the right settings in place. And like you mentioned, all these platforms are a little bit different, but when it comes to securing the actual meetings themselves and, and those settings I mentioned earlier, they should all allow you some level of control that you can then lock them down. Yeah, all, all good points, especially uh, when it gets to the actual user level and how they're utilizing those platforms. Maybe just kind of in closing and wrapping up this discussion, talk a little bit around some of the technical recommendations that when you're out advising clients around um, how they should be you know, implementing certain controls, maybe talk to things like identity management beyond kind of the policy level and uh, some of those other factors. What are some things that enterprises should be considering and how they can better secure these platforms? 
Great question. Yeah. So, so I have a few points here I can share, definitely. So I mentioned earlier, you know, ensuring that the, the platform is integrated into your Active Directory or other identity management platform and single sign-on, and you definitely have uh, multi-factor authentication enabled. Uh, those are definitely critical. If the platform doesn't allow for that or you haven't done that, ensure you have a robust onboarding or offboarding process for those users so that you're actually managing that access effectively, ensuring that they have the right password strength as well is critical. I would also say, you know, as with other technologies, you want to make sure that you have the right level of visibility and control. So this means a few different things, right? It means that, for one, you would want to make sure that you have the right level of logging, that if something does happen, you at least have logging to, uh, to investigate what did happen with this platform, whether it's, you know, file sharing, deletion of files, a meeting or chat itself. Another thing would be to ensure you have the right uh, security controls when it comes to let's say the scanning of links shared through these uh, platforms, as well as the scanning of files, because there is a chance that malicious links or files could be shared. So you want to ensure that that's being managed properly. And you have the right conditional access rules in place. So again, if you don't want to have users using these platforms from their cell phones or their unmanaged uh, devices, you can define that upfront, and that will allow you to avoid some of those data leakage situations I mentioned earlier. And, and I would say lastly, really critical to put together some acceptable use guidelines for your users, right? So what do you want them to be doing? What don't you want to be doing? You know, I also mentioned earlier that having one single platform is quite important. You can manage your tax surface and, and mitigate the risks more effectively. You know, there's going to be situations where organizations will have to use client-specific uh, uh, conference solutions or collaboration platforms, but having an organization standardized around one definitely makes it a lot easier for the security team and the infrastructure team of the organization. Yeah, those are all excellent tips that organizations can go out and start implementing or verifying they have in, in place today around the utilization of these platforms that I'm sure we'll continue making a lot of use for in the future. Thank you, Marcus, uh, for your time today and sharing those uh, thoughts. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.